Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski and a uh, very special day today. Awesome uh, podcast lineup today with us. We have Brandon McCarthy. Brandon, welcome. Hi, Joe. How you doing? You doing All okay? Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing fine. All things considered, I'm doing fine. Doing fine. And also with us, the always delightful Ellen Adair. Ellen, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're so welcome, Alan. You're it's how are you doing? How are you feeling? I I can't complain. Well, you can't. Just gonna stick with that no, one. No, no, we just gotta we, try harder. <laughs> I was gonna say, you can complain. It's it really is okay. I mean, yes, I am like physically capable of being like one of my te- teeth broke in half and I had to get a crown yesterday. Like, yes, I could complain about things. Wow. But I, but I won't. Yeah. Very few people who have their teeth break then say they're doing fine. That's I mean <laughs> that's that would it should have been the lead item in your in your uh in your intro there. But uh welcome. Uh, so I still we, feel like in 2020, it's a small complaint. Oh yeah, there's, I don't think there's any question that. Uh, in fact, in fact, we've really reached a point now where, even if you wanted to like complain, even if you did have something happen, like break a tooth or 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 you know sprain your ankle, or nobody cares. Nobody, everybody is sort of into their own into their own thing now nobody cares about your problems and and i guess that's probably how it should be i guess that's probably how it should be so so welcome guys um we're going to uh talk a little baseball here we're going to uh talk a little name changes uh so kind of get ready for that uh before we do that let me uh once again thank everybody who has been involved in the uh tip your cap campaign uh for those of you who don't know uh, and I imagine just about everybody does at this point, um, certainly that's listening to this, uh, for the last uh, last couple of weeks and all the way through uh, opening day, hope, you know, and I'll put air quotes around opening day as, as always, but uh, through July 23rd, uh, we have been asking people to tip their caps to the Negro Leagues. This is the 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues, and uh, the campaign has just been... Uh, extraordinary and and overwhelmingly successful it's been uh very humbling uh we kicked it off with uh, a tip of the cap from the four living former presidents uh which was amazing and wonderful and uh every day uh we've we've had you know in addition to hundreds and hundreds of people um sending in uh their own tips of the caps we've had numerous uh celebrities from entertainment and sports and business and politics and and uh, across the board sending in videos and and photos of uh, of themselves tipping your their caps if you would like to do that we would love to uh to to see it uh, please post it to your social media and you can also send it to us directly uh at photos at tippingyourcap.com uh but uh but thank you to everybody. Hopefully you've really enjoyed it. It's to me for the last couple of weeks, guys, it's been pretty much the only bit of like good Twitter news I've seen <laughs> is like, you know, it's like it's you just see like terrible thing, terrible, terrible thing. Hey, look, Leo Paul Rudd is tipping his cap to the Negro Leagues. That's awesome. Terrible thing, terrible thing, terrible thing. That's it's basically been my only salvation. It feels like the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it has been for us as well. So thank you for making it happen. 
Oh, no, it's been great. And both of you guys have been very helpful uh, in the process as well. So thank you. Um, all right. So we're going to we're going to try uh, in, in a couple of minutes here to make sense of what might be coming in baseball, uh, what might not be coming. Alan, you wrote a, a piece in the last week uh, where where you, uh, you know, sort of bore bared bore your soul i don't know what the correct verb there is for for what you did to your soul Past but, participles uh, are impossible yeah no but especially like for something like bear because it's like is it bared your soul or bore your soul i don't know uh but uh being the the overwhelming baseball fan that you are one of the you know one of the top three baseball fans i know in the entire world oh, goodness. uh to come out and say that uh that you didn't feel real comfortable with them coming out and playing sort of, I think was a very uh, telling thing about where a lot of people's heads are at, but let's, before we do that, I, I do want to uh, talk a little bit about the name changes that are going around in, in sports. We, Mike and I talked about this at length last week, but on Monday um, we, we got word that uh, we knew that the Washington uh, football team was going to change their name, but on Monday they made the the announcement uh, that they officially are changing their name. They wouldn't say what the name is. I think there's uh, the new name. I think there's some sort of issues involved. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what they are, but some sort of issues. But we figure they'll they'll probably make that announcement in the next couple of weeks. But but they did make the announcement that they're definitely changing their name. So, Brandon, uh, what do you think? What do you think about a Washington finally changing its name? Good. Good. That's about <laughs> the end of my – I think it's a good thing. It should have happened a while ago. It's nice that it's happening now, and now let's all come out with your new names and we can all dunk on that for the internet for two days and then move <laughs> on to the, the next hellscape in our lives. <laughs> Ellen, you, 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 you with Brandon, you ready to see some new names so we oh, can yes, dunk on those? Yes, absolutely. At last, at last. It's what we all needed to bring us together. <laughs> I think it's interesting to me. And, and you know, look, these the, the funny, well, there are a couple of funny parts. I mean, they're funny if you if you look at them from the right direction. One is that all of these people who will continually tell you how meaningless it is that these are just names of sports teams and that that they shouldn't bother anybody and they shouldn't be nobody should be offended by them and they should be fine. Those are the people who are screaming the loudest now that the name is getting changed. I always think that's kind of funny. It feels like and this goes beyond obviously just name changes. It feels like when it comes to emotional issues like this, particularly in sports, uh, people just lose their minds. They just absolutely lose their I minds. I mean, we are talking about a, a subset of the population, not that I want to completely generalize, that is not necessarily known for its ideological consistency. <laughs> like, just, just yes, just to generalize, just to rampantly generalize. The kind of yeah, people... Look, look, let's just generalize. The kind of let's people who would be very adamant that Redskins doesn't mean anything, but then very upset if you want to change it, or, you know, also the kind of people who think that you, you know, cannot possibly touch their guns, but you should absolutely be able to legislate inside of a woman's body, like just for example. So. 
that I'm was sorry. Way too I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Brandon, you, Brandon, no, no. <laughs> Brandon, you got to bring us back to the meaninglessness here. <laughs> I, I, it's all just like the whole discussion in itself is, is silly because we're talking about just the name of, of a whole bunch of people who wear uniforms and go play. And I, it's, it's all silly, <laughs> but I, I get the, the absolute meaning of it. But then just to think like this has any effect, I get that there's attachments. You, you can go to Redskins games, you can go to Red, Red Sox games your entire life with your family, but like a name change, I, I just, it, who has time to worry about something like that? Other than just a mild annoyance, like, I don't know, I like calling it Redskins, that was nice. And then other than that, be like, okay, now I'll just call it something else because it's all still the same thing. I just can't see caring about it for more than like 15 seconds. Agreed. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I have loved the yeah, Phillies it, longer than anything other than my parents. And if they came out and they were like, this name is offensive to young horses or something and we have to change it. I would be like, fine, like go the Philadelphia, whatever you want to call them. It's still my team. Well, I, I made the, I made the, the argument and, and, uh, and I, I sent this uh, to Brandon and, and Mike and Mike and I talked about it briefly last week. I think every 20 years, people, the team should just change their names or every 10 years or ever, whatever. I just, I think that the name change thing should happen like more often. Like I think as soon as a city becomes like, like it used to be that way, like Cleveland, of course, which is now next on the docket after, after Washington, Cleveland is, is, is clearly on the clock and, and knows it and, and seems to be in the process of, of maybe changing its name. But like in the early days uh, with Cleveland, they were like, Oh, we're, we're, we have a bunch of young players so now we're the infants we're calling ourselves the infants isn't that cool and then the players get older like hey, the infants thing doesn't work anymore uh but our best player is nap lajuay so let's we're the naps now and then they change their name to the naps and and then he s- starts to be terrible and they have to trade him away and and they're like all right well we can't call ourselves the naps anymore and they just changed it all the time like i would be like, totally for that like if the angels just announced next week like we're the Trouts. That's it. We're the we're the Anaheim Trouts from now on, and and they got this cool fish logo, and they did that. And then as soon as Trout like either retires or leaves or or something, then they change it to something else. And, and I I like for me, I think that would add like that would be fun because it would like mean more shirts and be like oh remember when when Cincinnati was called the like the roses remember that like that wasn't a great period of time you know and and uh i i wish we did not get so attached to this stuff and i i and that we changed it all the time i think that would I be a lot of fun i completely agree like if they had the chicago brian the hairs and then all of a sudden they were they were <laughs> right. like oh damn the next season like we might have pulled the trigger <laughs> on that too quick let's let's just go back let's go back to the cubs that would be so awesome. That'd be like the Mets would like be the good ins for like two years. And then they're like, Ooh, no, man, can't not going to, that's, that's not going to work. You yeah. Know? I saw, I think it was my friend Alex fast on Twitter um, suggested that the Indians change their name to the Cleveland club dogs, um, which I love because I love Mike Clevenger, but yes, it might also similarly have that problem pretty soon. But it would be so great because you like, you would look like, like you go to baseball, reference now and like look at a, a, a team's uh like entire history right you can see that page that you can see every record year after year and and what will happen is like if the team moved you'll see like oh okay after 1958 the Brooklyn Dodgers became Los Angeles Dodgers whatever but if that changed every year 
you are like every few years or, you know, whenever you felt like changing it, like, like certain teams, like the Yankees would never change their name. That's fine. I don't care. But like for the rest of us, like you would go back like, Oh yeah. I forgot that in 1970 Pittsburgh were the Clementes. Like that was awesome. <laughs> you know, that was like super cool. And then they were like the, the, the Pittsburgh Parkers, but that was, that era didn't last very long. And that wasn't that great. And then you would have like, like, like Brandon says, you'd have like these incredible blunders, like, Ooh, boy, when Detroit called themselves the birds, like that only should have lasted one year. Like they, they really should have gotten rid of that Fidrich nickname, like much quicker than they did. Um, yeah, I think that would okay. I'm, you know what? Now I'm totally in on this. The more I talk about this, the more excited and 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 awesome I think this is. Change your names like all. Yeah, the time. well, just change them constantly. Because as soon as, for example, as you said, the Angels are changing their name to the Anaheim Trouts, I immediately wanted to get one of those jerseys. Yes. So it would be sort yes. of like you know when the minor when a minor league franchise changes their name to the Utter Tuggers or something like that for a game and everybody's like I need that I need the, that merchandise like it would be it would be good for everybody I think the only issue is if you had a really kind of bad team like you know what are what what would the late nineties Phillies have called themselves. <laughs> the Phillies that's fine I like you don't have to change your name like the, like that's my like you could have like a like for the Phillies they could have like a like a you know a default name or like eh, you know we're not really in a in a in a great moment in in our time where we can go ahead and change although like look they they could have called themselves I mean you always have something you yes. know I mean you could call yourself the cheesesteaks you can call yourself you know something directly related to Philadelphia that would be that would be really cool, Brandon. When you guys, uh, when you when you because you are you are, um, I don't want to get this wrong. You're co-owner of of the soccer team, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what what did you guys think about with name? Like like was that just so? Like maybe in soccer, maybe you don't get because everybody's DC something now. I mean, do, do you get like was was that a fun conversation about the name? Yes, I was. I really because I was extremely passionate about it. And I, one of the big things here is naming things basically the way they would, if you were in England, if you're, if you're overseas. And so you come up with all the standard, you have, you know, you could do Phoenix United. The team that we took over was called Arizona United. Everything feels, it all feels pretend. And then you, uh, one of our other co-owners runs a large marketing agency. And so he put his team on it and he just, they just came out with pages of suggestions. And a lot of it was, (laughs) <laughs> Arizona Blues, Phoenix Blues, and it's all just attaching of a, a random mascot attached to. And I hated that idea of because I, I just don't like American <laughs> team names. But then you also don't want to be derivative of all the European team names. And the only thing I could get in my mind into was the idea of the, like there's a rising Phoenix, and I was like, well, Phoenix Rising actually sounds something like both. It so, sort of sounds like yeah. a European name name, and it also sounds like an American mascot where it's not. And so. I was like, I feel like that's the perfect one. And, and I went through this campaign of emailing everybody trying to tell, like, I'm telling you, this is the name that will stick. It's, it's the right name. Trust me, trust me, trust me. And we all relented and, and went with that name. But so that happened to be it's really personal name. for me. It's a great name. Yeah. It's, it's that, that's awesome. That's awesome. But then to me, if, if, if like, you know, in, in a few years, uh, it, it, that name no longer feels, uh, special anymore although it probably will i mean that's the other thing look if you have a great name and and you you feel good about it and it doesn't 
I don't know, you know, uh, demean an entire people or something like that. <laughs> just um, for example. Just if it, I'm not I'm not saying anything <laughs> off the, any name specifically, but if it doesn't, um, fine, stick with it. It's fine. Like, but look, the Lakers will never change their name, but their name is stupid. It's stupid, stupid. and it's bad. It's a bad <laughs> name. There are no lakes in LA and it is it is completely derivative of Minneapolis. Oh, and that's the other rule. By that by the way, that's my other rule. If you move, you have to change your name. That's my yeah. other rule. My other rule is there's you are not allowed. And that happened with the Browns uh and the Ravens. I, that was like the first one. Like the Indianapolis Colts is a terrible name. That that's it's a terrible name. Indianapolis should have its own name based on its own city, you know whatever, you know, the racers or whatever you want to call yourselves. I don't, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't know Indianapolis, uh, that well, but, <laughs> but no, you're not the Colts. The Colts is stupid. And, and of course the Utah jazz, we know that's stupid. Um, but, but that's, that's my other rule. So my two rules are one, you can change your name. You should change your name a lot more often. Like that's like, that's a, like a big thing, especially if you're like a struggling team that's trying to find its identity, just, Go for it. Change your name every year if you have to. I don't care. Uh, but secondly, if you move, you have to change your name. All right. I, you really, like my rules? I really appreciate the Houston Texans now that I think about it and just how like just day one, suggestion one, they were like, I don't know, the Texans. They were like, that's that's fine. That's what we are. Let's just let's get lunch. <laughs> it's like they really truly were like, yeah. we have so many other things to worry about. We're not gonna we're not gonna that would be the other thing. I, I thought that like Washington could call themselves the uh the Ians. So they're the Washingtonians. You just put oh. that like right, like that's how it looks. And uh, th- that's not what they're going to go for. They're going to go for, by the way, do, do we have a prediction? Alan, do you have a prediction of what Washington's going to choose? Oh, no, I don't have a prediction. There are uh, some options that I have seen that I like more than others. I feel like the like the Red Wolves or something, isn't that one of the options? Right? Yeah. I feel like that... It is. That... Uh, that seems like a good option where they can keep part of the redness of it, but really steer clear of all of the problems because people just being like, how about we rename it to like the warriors or the red Hawks and keep right. all of the native American imagery. It's like, I feel like I hope that what we're all learning at this point in is like, if you just call something else by a different name, but it's still racism, that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> Doesn't, that doesn't just becomes the, the new racism. <laughs> Brandon, you have a prediction? No, I don't. They're all silly. But I, that thing that's going around with someone making the mock-up of the uniform for like the Red Wolves, that feels like, the, like okay, again, it's all stupid. Who cares? So let's keep the same syllables. Red's at the front. All you have to do is pronounce something different at the end, and we're done. And the jerseys look cool that they mocked up. So... I, it's like let's not overthink. Definitely it. said just, somebody who was on the uh, Texans like deciding focus group. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Let's just move on. <laughs> Great. Yeah, but it's the same. We're like you're moving to Los Angeles. So like, should we stick with the Lakers? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And then you have an iconic brand fifty years later, and you nailed it. Like, you, I don't think you need focus groups for years and years. Sometimes it's just a simple like, just some idiot in the back going, "What about this?" And they're like, "That's good. Let's see you later." Well, but the like Lakers it. are a perfect example, as are the Jazz. Of that, the name doesn't matter. That people are that you just if you just if you pick any name, people might complain about it for a while. They might mock it for a while, but guess what? Nothing makes less sense than the Utah Jazz, and yet 
that's the name. And then everybody, nope, they haven't lost one fan because of it. There's not one fewer person that goes to a game because of that stupid name that they just stole. And by the way, it's, it is sort of the la la land of names, right? Cause it's like suddenly like a, an, a, a very, a very white uh, population stole jazz. So it really is, uh, you know, very, uh, very similar in that way. Um, but, but nobody cares. It's like, once you choose the name, there might be like, a few months of people dunking on it and saying it's stupid, but eventually everybody calls them by that name and everybody goes to the game. So it doesn't really matter. That said, I like the red wolves. I, it feels you, you, you know, Brandon, you talked about stuff feeling, it feels a little bit European. Mm. I kind of like that, you know, it's sort of, it has kind of a little, like, I don't like, I don't love red tails. Like that's the other name I've seen a lot. And that's just very, very military, which seems to be, for some reason, they really want to honor the military with their name, which I don't. You know why? Actually, let me let me take that back. The NFL doesn't do a good enough job honoring the military, so I think that's good. That's <laughs> you know they they don't ever connect to the military at all, so I think it's fine uh, for them to do that. It's just the um, nature of the sport, but I really, you know. It's just yeah, it's it really so is. gentle. And uh, and peace loving, <laughs> and there there's really it no is. analog to warfare in the sport. Is the other problem? Nope. So, no. Well, that's the thing. They don't. It's you. You. It's very very difficult to compare football yeah. to war. That's People have tried and, and failed. They, and they don't ever have any kind of military imagery at games, and they never talk about. Uh, you know, the military at games. So, so I can understand why you'd go in that direction, but uh, I got to say Red Wolves. Um, I like it. I, I actually think that would be a really it, cool name for, 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 I agree. Washington. It does feel Guys, sort I think, of, I think we did it. All right, we're done. We're done. In <laughs> fact, in fact, I have Dan Snyder on the other line here. So let me just go ahead and tell him what we've decided and uh, we can just go from there. It right. is nothing if not reasonable. So, so if we just tell him, like, <laughs> we came to a consensus, we thought it was just fine in quotes. I think, I think that'll go. It's if, if there is, if there is one person you can count on to just, just be, you know, even keeled and, 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 and reasonable in choice, uh, it's Dan Snyder. So, so that works out well. We'll, we'll choose the Cleveland name, the new Cleveland name, uh, later. We don't need to, we don't need to do that now. Um, but what we do need to do now is try to make some sort of sense. And Brandon, we're going to lean on you heavily to help us make some sort of sense about what is likely to happen over the next, wow, it's, I mean, I guess we're one week out, a little bit more than a week out from when baseball's opening day would be, will be, uh, Brandon, what do you think? I mean, we're, we're, we're heading straight into a baseball season. Are we going to start a baseball season? I think there's probably enough momentum. Now we're going to start what I'm just super pessimistic about. And I don't know if I'm too far on one side now is, is the testing problems. I don't understand what we're even doing. If this is, if this is the case, if, if it's three to four days to get a test returned, I, what does, yeah. what does that do? If you've got, I mean, the amount of quarantines that that's going to cause over the course of a, of a season, I, I don't know, this it's so hampered by the fact that it's a daily sport, whereas golf has done a great job so far. They've done really well. European soccer, even soccer in the States has been, is now back. But again, if you, if you have a false positive test on a Monday, or even if you have a positive test 
if you get that retested again on Friday, you could be back in a team by Saturday, Sunday and doing it. Whereas with baseball, that's not the case. You, you've now missed four or five games in that time. And if you have to quarantine, wait for results, I just, you miss five games. That's one fourth or one fifth. Like you're just these, they're not one fifth of the season, one twelfth season. And then I, that idea that you have to like, um, you're just going to be missing so much that what are we even talking about in terms of counting stats, counting this is a real season. I don't know. Maybe I'm pessimistic and maybe that those, those delays will, will shorten and it won't be an issue once they get started, but it's hard to see now with the start it's off to that, how that won't be the case. Yeah. I mean, it honestly feels like it's like to me, if you're, if you're planning out trying to put together a season, a baseball season, which obviously is very different from golf or NASCAR or, or even uh, European soccer or, you know, where, where it is, you know, once a week and toward the end of the week. And yeah, I mean, it's not a 10 golf obviously has, you know, four days and, and some, some other things. So, I mean, you, it's not completely a one day thing the way NASCAR is, but still, I mean, there is some time between things to, to work stuff out. I don't see realistically how you could even look, I mean, and maybe they just didn't, didn't expect testing to take this long. Maybe they didn't expect it to be a three, four day process. I mean, the NBA kept telling us they've got these like magic rings. They're going to put on people that are going to tell them not only when they have COVID, but, but when they might get it in the future or something, you know, like, so, so I don't know if, if they expected this, but, but Alan, this, it feels kind of shocking to me to see early on the extraordinary difficulty that they're having of, of getting testing going. Yeah, I completely agree. And I do very much understand all of the very valid arguments about how compromised of a season it's going to be. And if you have a, a certain team really having come some kind of an outbreak and that team if they do not like technically get shut down, being sort of shut down, even if they're like subbing players in and things like that, I understand that. But to me, it's more like, and at what cost, you know, because these are all human beings who are going to be um, getting, putting themselves at risk. I'm sorry if you can hear somebody uh, doing some kind of weed whacker thing outside of my window. It is nice. slightly distracting to me. That's and me. I'm, I'm sorry power if you can washing hear. outside. I'm, I'm bored. I'm, I've been power washing all over I would the, love that. the New York metro. It is, it, is definitely, it is definitely somebody right outside of my window. So, yeah, I mean, to me, as a fan, that has been the main issue on my mind is that I just feel like even if we have like a wonderful 60 game season and it is not a complete disaster, but a couple of players get really, really sick. Even if nobody dies, but people's health are, you know, potentially changed for the rest of their life. Is that really worth it? And I, I just, I've been feeling like it's not. And that the reason that we're doing this right now is because of the inexorability of expectation that we said, oh, okay, we're going to close, we're going to shut down the season, and then we'll start it back up later when everything is safer. But it's not safer now. Like, to me, that's the real issue, is that the country isn't safe. And we thought that we would all stay home for a little while, 
and then things would be better and that would be why we would get to have sports again. And that is not the case. And yet we are still deciding that we can have sports anyway, just because we said that we would earlier. Yeah, no, that's right. I I think that it's very, very difficult. I mean, if you were making a cold calculated decision right now based on a starting point, all right? So if let's say nobody had ever expected there'd be a baseball season and you were deciding based on what you were seeing all around you, okay, well, you know what? Nobody thinks there's going to be a season, but I'm looking here. What do you think? You guys think we can start a season? Nobody would say yes. Yeah. Right? Nobody would look around and say yes. What happened was there there was a tremendous amount of of build up and hope for a season. Then there was all sorts of uh, you know, infighting that 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 went public and spilled out into the into the open and it was really, you know, terrible for for the game and for us fans and all that. Um and then they were able to sort of get through that in some way, shape, or form. And and now it feels like all the momentum is based on that. It's not based on what we're facing. It's not based on on anybody's feeling that this is going to be successful. It's based on, well, you know what? We said we were going to play, so we got to play. And, and maybe it'll be okay. I mean, that's, you know, Brandon, that's sort of how it feels like is, is that there's just a whole lot of hope more than more than planning or anything else. Yeah. And I haven't obviously polled people around the game to find out what they feel about it. They, but I, I've talked to some people and a lot of people are just pretty, pretty on the fence. Like I, who knows if this is going to go like this is, it's been pretty messy, but um, I don't know. It's maybe it's just one of those things, an object in motion stays in motion. They just started it. So it's like, let's just, We'll see where this goes, and we'll either just fall Thelma and Louise ourselves, or we'll just end up with somehow this will kind of work. I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, and it does feel like that. It does feel like like I can't imagine anybody super confidently saying this is going to be great. It's going to work out. We've got all the plans in place, and we're going to keep everybody safe. We're going to have a sixty game season. It's going to be wonderful. By the end, we might even have fans in the stands. Like all of those things that where people were talking about, nobody. Nobody thinks that. I mean, nobody. The, the the best anybody can hope for at this point is, you know, maybe things will sort of settle down and and uh, you know we'll be able to keep the players, uh, you know, safe enough. And they're young anyway, and they'll be okay. And 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 mm-hmm. it'll be you know it'll be great for the country, uh, for baseball fans to to have baseball to watch, which is very true. And it's worth it. It's worth the effort. But but that's the best thing you can say. The other thing that's going on is, of course, a lot of players, I'm, I don't know if it's a lot, I guess it's, I think last I'd heard it was 20, um, but which is a lot. I mean, a number of players have opted out uh, for mm-hmm. the season. Uh, you know, some of the bigger ones, Nick Markakis um, stepped out, David Price uh, pulled out. Uh, last week that we, we get the, the uh, we heard that Buster Posey um is skipping the season uh, because he and his wife just adopted uh, uh, twin girls who, who were born premature. And, and, uh, and by the way, that, that led, you know, look, I, I believe that I've gotten cynical enough that I realized that there is nothing on Twitter that there's nothing. You so can just pure. add that sentence and there's nothing well, on Twitter. <laughs> 
there's nothing so pure that Twitter will not find a way to wreck it or ruin it or 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 take shots that do not seem to make any sense if you think about them. But when somebody of a relatively prominent person came out and actually didn't quite like like sort of walked the line, didn't exactly attack Buster Posey, but kind of like threw out the one of those. I'm just saying this might be the first negative thing you can say about him. <sighs> like, how is that? How how is that possible? How how is that possible that you can look at Buster Posey deciding to opt out of the season so he can so he can spend time with his his new daughters, him and his wife and their new daughters. They already have twin daughters, um, and, and he wants to keep them healthy and he wants to be safe with them. How in the world? Is that a, is that like, like, how can you have a hot take about that? I guess that's, maybe it's just the answer is, is it's like you're, I'm being stupid because there's a hot take about anything. But that one just felt to me like, what? Like I, I even wrote on Twitter, uh, um, like this can't be a real opinion. That's what I wrote (laughs) on Twitter, which was not as good as Brandon's response to it, which was uh, fart noises, right? Brandon, and that with your, your, your entire response was just fart noise. Um, But man, I, I I don't know. I mean, you guys, any reaction to that at all? I feel like we're, yeah, I guess it is. We're a society that rewards hot takeism too much. Yeah, because people don't sort of differentiate between good and bad attention. It's all just attention for some people, well, especially on Twitter. Especially yeah. on Twitter, I don't know that there is a difference between good and bad attention on Twitter. I mean, I mean, I suppose there is because I guess bad attention could conceivably get you, you know, in some sort of hot water, uh, which is a whole other topic uh, that that seems to be crossing the lines. Anyway, yeah, but, Ryan yeah, Zimmerman about that to me is is like. And it's very non to the point, but it's like the Giants aren't going to be good. So like I, what I didn't understand is even if you're going to throw out the spicy take, why wouldn't it be in one of the years where, okay, this team is, they are ready to go back to the top. They're about to, they're going to, they're going to push the Dodgers. They're going to be very, very legit. And now he's sitting out and you're like, okay, then you have a fan base that's kind of rabid and kind of getting ready. And like, okay, this might have a landing pad, not in the place where it's like, Hey, we're probably going to compete for the top draft pick next year, or be somewhere around that area, and our best player or one of our best players might be sitting. Like at that point, who cares? Like it doesn't. It's actually better for you. It gives you even a better chance to get that top pick, right? Yeah. Plus, they have Gabe Kapler now, so they have plenty that they can just be angry at. (laughs) (laughs) I I'm sorry, but Gabe Kapler did an amazing cap tip for us on the tipping your cap where he quoted uh satchel page uh and did a wonderful thing so there will be no gabe kapler bashing on this podcast i, I don't personally that. dislike gabe kapler <laughs> like he's actually very joking very kind to I'm me joking. personally but it is Bashable, i'm, yeah, I don't care. I'm merely observing that like many people love to be angry at gabe kapler so it's an obvious target for people who are seeking something not that they shouldn't really be mad at, but want to be mad. Well, I got to say in general, I'm a huge, huge fan of Farhan, uh, Farhan Zaidi, the, the, uh, 
GM, I guess, president of the Giants. I've I've known Farhan for many many years now, and he's brilliant and and uh, a wonderful guy. And and uh, I I couldn't think more highly of him. I don't know what he's doing with this Giants team. I mean, you know, I guess maybe what they're doing is bottoming out and and trying to sort of do it the Astros way, maybe where they just they're I mean, not, you know, I don't want to say tanking, but but bottoming out, getting, you know, super high draft picks and then saving your your time. But other than that, I mean, what what do you see in there, Brandon? What do you see with that Giants team? Just letting time take hold, I think. I think they had yeah. not a rot, but I think they just had a lot of issues to overcome and you either throw well, you'd spend your way just into oblivion, which I think they already kind of were at that place where, where right. the payroll obligations were getting really high. The young talent was next to none. There wasn't a lot in the farm system. So I think it's just one of those, you just have to let time. It's just, and I one of the things that he does so well, and I think there's a doing well, and I think there's just an inherent luck and just sort of odds to it of just like a high level of churn. Eventually you stumble into um, players that become mainstays in your lineup i mean you that's how you end up um, with a max muncie you just end up with different people where it's like this this shouldn't have worked but if you just have enough churn um good players will just sort of show up and then at that point if you draft well and do a few other things and you know you have a four-year window where you can you can put together a, a pretty competitive team in that time and i i would trust him over a lot of people to be able oh, to do yeah. that yeah well that's and that and, and and i should say that is a great point i mean one thing that that I think kind of gets underplayed in baseball, and and Ellen, obviously you've seen this a lot with your with your Phillies, is look, you can build, uh, you know, teams. You can you you, know, you can make really really smart moves, and and you know have great draft picks and make a few really smart trades, and and you can build successful teams over over a long period of time. But there is something to exactly what you're saying, I think, Brandon. And that is, like, like, let's take a look at the Cubs, just as an example. So Theo comes in and, and you know, it's pretty barren. And he, you know, three or four years or two years, two or three years, whatever it was, they don't really do anything. They, they, they draft well. They get high draft picks. They get some really, you know, they make some really good things. He made a couple of very, very shrewd, deals and in, in getting you know Rizzo and 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 so on and and Russell uh at the time Russell seemed like a good move and and but really what happened to that team was Jake Arietta showed up you know I mean they 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 make this minor deal for Jake Arietta uh who everybody knew had good stuff but nobody you know thought he was going to be a successful pitcher and then he emerges into Bob Gibson in 2015 and, and lead them to, you know, to the, to the NLCS in, and, you know, and then of course was terrific the next year. Uh, they, you know, they did get Lester, but I'm just saying like good players did just show up for them. Not there wasn't, there couldn't have been a plan in place where Jake Arietta was going to become your ACE like that. That's so I think that's a really, that's a really interesting point. Sometimes biding time, uh, is is a really important part of building a good team. So so that makes sense to me. Yeah, because I think it can also be so hard if you have a very well made plan, and you you know are seeing okay, this is the window when all of our draft, um, you know the 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 good draft picks that we had are going to be coming up, and then things just maybe sort of don't coalesce. 
So all of a sudden the team is in the position of being like, oh, well, this was our competitive window, but things aren't quite clicking. And so now what do we do? <laughs> it's also yeah. something that yeah. can happen. Well, and I also think that it, that there's there's something about um, really like well planned out things that it just suddenly things just don't work out. I mean, and I think your Phillies are, are a great example of that. The 2011 Phillies was almost certainly the best Phillies team oh, yeah. of that era, yeah. you would think. And it, and it was a very well laid out team, right? They built the greatest rotation, you know, that we were talking about at the time, the greatest rotation, uh, you know, one of the great ones in baseball history, right? They get Halliday, they had Lee, they had Hamels, they picked up Oswald. So, so that was, it was unbelievable how good that team was. And of course that team won 102 games and, and then what, 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 you know, they lose in the playoffs and, and it's, and it's, and it's over and nobody cares. And they're never, they're never really a threat yeah. again. Uh, while, while exactly at the same time, the 2008 Phillies were, you know, sort of a mix of a lot of different things that was not as well plotted or planned out, uh, as, as the, the later Phillies team was, but that team came together in, in, in the playoffs. And of course, Hamels had that absurd playoff run and, and that team is not nearly as good. I don't think, um, but they're the team everybody's going to remember. They're the team that that's going to that that uh, you know will will in in whatever you know whatever their twentieth anniversary is going to be. They're the one that's going to be on the field being celebrated in Philadelphia. So so I do think that there is something like I say to that something to just being in the right place at the right time. Oh, completely. Yeah. No. And I mean, I actually recently on a podcast was asked what my favorite Phillies team was. And I said the 2011 Phillies. And there was this sort of like ripple of surprise. Um, I mean, it helps that a lot of the guys on the 2008 team were still there in 2011. So it's like, you know, the core is still recognizably the same. But yeah, it's it's an interesting question. And I think that that's, for me, one of the reasons, and this was a point um, brought up on a on a podcast by my celebrity crush, Scott Fransky, who is the <laughs> play-by-play um, radio announcer, for anybody who does not know, um, that, you know, he was saying that he really thinks that the... Uh, whoever wins the World Series, if we are lucky enough to get that far, he'll consider it a very legitimate title because pretty much anything can happen once you get to the post. Yes, obviously, like a 60-game season is not going to be the sample that we normally have for the teams to get there. But like once you get there, you've got to be the best team within that actually small sample of the postseason in order to win. Brandon, how much of 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 this sort of um, I don't want to say confusion, but but this murkiness, where you really you know look you can you can lay out plans and lay out plans, but everybody knows that uh, that things are going to happen that are unexpected. Players are going to emerge that you don't expect to emerge. Players are going to be disappointing in ways that you don't expect. Um, so on and so on and so on, like. Like how how do you deal with that in a front office? Like when when you're around that, I mean, is do people talk sort of in you know a little bit of a more general way where they sort of think like, um, well, you know what, 
we'll, you know, we're going to throw these things against the wall and we're going to see how it happens. Or, or is it much more precise and everybody's like, okay, we're going to get, this person is going to, you know, do this for us. And this person is going to do this for us. This person is going to do this for us and, 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 you know, so on and so on and so on. It's a huge mix of, of everything. And I, I there's a lot of, um, it's a very hard thing because everybody wants to be evidence-based nowadays and, and you insist on that, but it's still very hard to get away from somewhat of the old school. Like, I don't know. I just think this guy's ready to pop. I think it's ready. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. just your, your gut feel five people in the room, their gut feel says, this is the move. And other five people, their gut feel says no. And the numbers are kind of murky. So then it's like, whose gut feel are we going to trust? It, that's, that's the weird thing. And so you get that. I mean, you get, you know, minor league free agents that just end up, um, popping for your team and, and it makes some people look like it makes you look like a genius like you did well there but then other ones didn't work that you had a good feeling about too it's um there's just a lot of randomness so you try to trust the process over what the results are coming out of it i think more so than anything it's um and i think that's what the dodgers did well for a lot of years and, and farhan especially when, even with the A's, where it's like we'll go through this churn we're going to trust the numbers we're going to look for we're going to everybody's out panning for gold. It's just, are you panning for gold in the right place? And eventually you'll find something. It might not be a big nugget, but you'll find these little, you know, it'll, it'll pay off over time. And so it's, it's a hard, it's a very hard thing. And when people injuries are the one thing that really just blow everything up. If, if it's not yeah. a predictive injury where it's just, it came out of the blue and now we're really struggling. How do we recover from this? And um, there, there's just so many different, factors to keep in mind that's a healthier minor league system are, are people performing well mm-hmm. there are they coming in are we you know you've just got a lot of things to juggle so there's it's this huge mix of, of everything yeah well i mean and and you're right there's so yeah i remember i would i went to oakland in 2015 uh mid-year when they looked like they were going to run away with everything they looked like they were by far the best team in baseball and i spent some time with farhan then when he was when he was uh, I guess assistant GM before he went to the Dodgers uh, certainly before he went to the Giants and you know you looked at that team and and you know they didn't have too many stars on that team I mean like that like that 2015 team if you look back on them now um, you know that was that was really there was no Josh Donaldson on that team um, you know that team was 25 you know, it was just a 25 deep roster and it was a whole lot of players having very good seasons um, and, and helping you in a lot of different ways. And I remember talking to him about this and, and that's sort of what he said, you know, he, he said, you know, I know everybody keeps pointing us to the numbers and everybody keeps pointing us to, to, you know, Moneyball and, 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 you know, but we don't know, like none of us know, like you, the, the, no matter how good you are with the analytics and the numbers, they don't, they're not going to tell you what's really going to happen. I mean, they can give you, they do give you all sorts of, uh, you know, also there, there's all sorts of information to be pulled from it, but you know, some of it is gut and some of it is the timing being right. And some of it is, you know, having backup plans for when, when, uh, when the, when the main thing doesn't come through and, and, and not having, not being overconfident about your own sort of understanding of the, of the game. I mean, it just, it just feels like there's so many things going on. Yeah. It, it's just the, the variables are, 
are just all over the place. And I, I don't envy yeah. a lot of GMs who have to make the final call where it's, you might have me in your ear super passionate about something and saying, hey, this is a no-brainer. And someone who else is trusted going, this mm. is not a no-brainer. This thing is a <laughs> no-brainer. And you have to kind of pull apart because it's very easy. I mean, anybody who plays, and I, I always draw, it's a simple analogy to fantasy football. Like you can just, for some reason, your gut feeling is telling you this guy is going to be, and you don't even know what the hell it's based on. And But your your brain is totally convinced that this is the case. And so if you're a GM and you've got people telling you this, or you've got to be the one who makes a decision, then your gut ultimately has to win out. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of decisions. And when you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, if you're going to sign somebody or just whatever this is, a draft pick or anything else, it's it's a lot to kind of synthesize to, to try to make a good decision out of. Yeah, no, it's true. By the way, I, I made a mistake. I, I meant the 2014 A's, not the 15. The 15 A's were terrible. The 14 A's were the team I was talking about. They, of course, did have Josh Donaldson. But uh, regardless, point point is it remains exactly the same. All right, Alan, it's time for uh, for our uh, big uh, ad. I'm so excited. Isn't this exciting? This is very exciting. Uh, by the way, I will read uh, the ad as I always do from the start. Uh, so there's a top, there's a note. Feel free to share your personal experience with your listeners. Why do you love Hawthorne and why should they give it a try? So, so that's sort of our mission statement as we go into this ad. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like on the podcast, we don't have a lot of experience with sharing our personal feelings with the listeners. And so this is going to be a formidable challenge for us. It'll be be a stretch. It'll it'll be a stretch. But, you know, this is as an actress, this is what you do. You stretch for the role. So I think this is going to work out well. Yes. All right. So here we go. Uh, All right. So let's see. Talk about your uh, first experiences or funny experiences with Cologne. Okay. For example, still wearing polo blue from high school girlfriend. Absolutely. No, No. (laughs) you are, but no, not me. Uh, Let's see. Walking into Sephora to get cologne, being overwhelmed at all the choices. That's happened to me numerous times. Uh, You wear old spice and girls think you smell like their dads, which I do. Uh, Yeah. I've co-signed on that. Don't, don't do it guys. Don't wear old spice. Wow. Down on the old spice. Yeah. Yeah, it well, yeah. I guess it, it smells man, more like creepy uncle than dad, even to me. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. We're not getting the old spice. Uh, um, Don't do it. Ad. We're we're not getting the old spice is not going to like this at all. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see. Here are the main points to hit. Smelling good is important. So true. True. Hawthorne smells really good. Again, so true. Checks out. And and getting Hawthorne cologne is so easy. So, uh, look, they're still they're still sending us this thing about Father's Day. So apparently for next Father's Day, if you want to get your father a gift, I did not get Hawthorne for my Father's Day this year. So so if if my girls are listening, which they are not because they have never listened to a single podcast in their entire lives, um, you know, you can you can go ahead and do this for Father's Day. The big thing about about Hawthorne is you take a quiz, you go to Hawthorne. Uh, dot co that's hawthorne with an e h-a-w-t-h-o-r-n-e dot co uh and and you take a quiz to to learn about uh what you really like in in a cologne very exciting sort of personalized cologne um and then uh and then once you take that quiz it will give you recommendations uh it's a two-minute quiz and uh, then it'll give you 
two colognes that are best for you. Don't you want to take this quiz, yes. Alan, immediately? Yes. I mean, internet quizzes are, everybody knows that they're delightful. I took two uh, last week. One uh, was my Hawthorne quiz to find out what uh, what are the two colognes that are best for me. Uh, and the second was which Disney princess I am. And, and which Disney princess are I'm you? I'm Belle. I'm Belle. Thank you for asking. Uh, I am Belle. I, I would have pegged you as a Belle for yeah, sure. No, yeah. I don't even think that anybody else was even close. I mean, like, you know, like I could have been an Ariel, maybe. Uh, you know, definitely am not like one of the old school Cinderella's or any of those people. So I was pleased to yeah. be Belle. I yeah. was pleased to be Belle. My my daughter, my younger daughter um, was, uh, was also Belle. So it was... It was it was it was a bonding thing. Anyway, you're uh, all studious types. I I really believe Hawthorne should mix it in. They should they should tell you the two colognes uh, that you like and also which Disney princess you are. I think that would be actually work out well. Yeah. Uh, but it's just the two colognes. You can uh, go ahead and take the quiz, uh, and then and then these colognes. It's totally risk free, free shipping, free returns. You go to Hawthorne.co as I mentioned, Hawthorne with an e dot co not dot com uh and if you use the promo code pos uh for podcast <laughs> thankfully uh <laughs> you get 10 percent off your first purchase so that's hawthorne.co use my promo code pos to get 10 percent off your first pur- purchase hawthorne.co all right so um let's let's talk about this for a moment like there's going to be a season and it's going to be completed uh it's 60 games. It is sort of this mad sprint, which is, you know, interesting, kind of kind of exciting if 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 we could feel good about it, if we could yeah. feel good like it's actually going to go through, which is difficult to do. But let's but from a pure baseball perspective, like how cool would a full 60 game season be for you, Alan? Oh, it would be amazing. Like I am thirsty for any small amount of baseball. And I actually feel like if if there were some other reason that we were having a 60 game season and the world were completely safe now and I were not worried for the well-being of the staff and the players, I would be so into a 60 game season. Yeah, I agree. Just like how interesting it would be, how the different sample sizes would play out, you know, just because I mean and and not simply because I think the last two years, 60 games into the season, the Phillies were in first place, which just <laughs> goes to show you like what could happen. Um, you know, obviously the opposite thing could happen this year. I know that they actually have a very, a pretty tough strength of schedule in their kind of like shortened 60 game season, partly because they get... Uh, a number of times, some of the harder teams in the AL East, and they only get to play the Orioles three times. But I mean, it really feels like anything could happen. And I just wish we were in a world where it was only a good anything can happen as opposed to also a bad one. Brandon, what do you think? What do you think about like just purely from a baseball perspective, a 60 game season? Uh, Yeah, I I mean, she said it perfectly. I think that there's a lot of a lot of crazy things that can happen. I think a lot of the good teams will probably end up. I think things will kind of work out the way we expect them to, with probably two or three, maybe fewer than that. But things weren't like, whoa, that I didn't see that one happening. That's, but I guess that's like in any season. So, I the the thing that I kind of get bummed about is the idea that we're not moving closer to having fans in the stands. That I, I 
what I was excited about is it was like get through this slog of a 60 game season with nobody in the stands um, and then get to and then hopefully have normal playoffs where you just have this crazy playoff right. atmosphere where people are unleashed. They're finally able to go back out. And if that's not there, we're going to have if we're talking about playoff baseball with nobody there. I'm um, a little bit lighter on that, on the hopes of that, just because it's baseball without fans is, is just boring. It, it truly is. And so I, I worry that that's going to be like our payday. The dessert at the end of the meal is just going to be more baseball with no fans. And that kind of makes me sad. Yeah, you you're really I mean, I I've heard other people do this, but I mean, you've been really on the on the front edge of of being really bummed about baseball without fans. I mean, you're you're not to say that any of us are excited about it because we're not. Um, but you've been particularly uh, you know, strong in 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 both, you know, when we've talked in general, but also on the show. Um, I mean, you just think baseball without fans is just not it's just not going to be very appealing. I just think sports without fans, and I like I've, I've mentioned before, I'm an avid golf watcher, and it's been fine watching the golf, but it's still very weird when there isn't something happening with it. And one of the like soccer having now having um, they add in the audio of fans. It again, it's a stupid little trick, but it fools my mind into thinking this is real and it's as good and and it works. So if baseball does something similar, I think they're doing it in the stadiums, but I don't think they're doing it on the broadcast. Maybe that will feel better, but I just. I think it's all just based on I've watched enough baseball with nobody in the stands where it's just backfields and spring training or minor league, whatever it is, um, just to know that that atmosphere is very, it's a cavernous stadium that there's a lot of echoes when the ball hits the glove and it hits yeah. the bat. It all just, you don't have that roar. There isn't that immediate, uh, that immediate feedback. So I think it's, maybe I'll get used to it quickly. Maybe I just won't like it. Maybe the, the crowd noise that they'll pipe in will be enough to get me through it, but um, I hope something comes up. Well, you know, my, my plan, I want to be in charge of the, the sound that they put into the stadium. Like that's, <laughs> that's my goal. I, I, I just want baseball to call me and like, I want to be able to do it. I don't have to do it in every stadium. I just want to be able to do it in, in a couple of stadiums. And I mean, I, I think that would be like so much fun to, to like, just be, just put booze in in totally random places and and have like you know I I I think like if there's like a two zero count and then the you know then the pitcher throws a strike and just have this enormous cheer like just this huge huge cheer <laughs> uh, have every fly ball like people like go crazy for a fly ball but unlike in real baseball where people go crazy for a fly ball and then they all sort of it dies out. When the yeah. when the outfielder catches it, I would like make it go crescendo higher when the outfielder caught the ball. Like just make <laughs> that even louder. Uh, and then of course, I mean, if they don't have people boo when they throw the ball to first base, then what's the point in the whole thing? So so I'm all I'm all in, but I think that it's just gonna be it's just gonna be kind of a boring uh, fan thing, and and there will be no surprises, and and that that won't feel good to me. Like I I want. Ellen, don't you think I could do that? Don't you think I would be able to do that? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think it sounds like A, a really great job, <laughs> and B, you are the man to do it. Do you, are, there sure. any, are there any Daryls in the league right now that we could do the Daryl Strawberry if we could just have a recording of that chant, <laughs> that old Daryl through the stadium? Like, I don't think we have anybody, so we might have to go someone that rhymes or just play it as a non-secular, just do it for somebody <laughs> randomly. I just think that would be like Mookie Betts comes to the Mookie plate. Betts, just people just start going, Daryl. Just like, just for no reason. No I reason. think that would be, 
so amazing just suddenly people are just like doing like 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 you know uh cody bellinger comes to the plate and people are chanting reggie you know just I was just <laughs> why why are they just, just they're just they're that's what they do here okay and, and every person comes into hell's bells everybody comes into the same song look i just think they <laughs> they should have fun with it because the thing is is going to be you know it, it feels to me i, I don't know that it's going to be like this but Remember, like in old sitcoms, where they would have them. I mean, they, they had the laugh track forever on sitcoms, but they would have like this, like huge laugh track. Like the like the laughter would be like this riotous laughter after incredibly lame jokes for no reason. <laughs> like you would just be, it would be jolting. You'd be like, what? Like that wasn't even in the, that wasn't even. They weren't even trying to be that funny. And and there would just be this huge laughter. Like, I think if baseball could give us that, like some sort of surprising sounds where you just never, you'd never see it coming. Uh, I think that'd be great. I also think if they're going to pump sound in there, uh, they should pull out some of the old minor league gags. So like every time somebody hits a foul ball, you play like the, you play like the, the, the glass shattering, the, the uh, you know, just no, I'm, I'm sorry about that. It's too much of that. That's <laughs> Just enough years of that yeah. hearing that. Yeah, I bet you hated that. I can only imagine how much you hated that in the minor leagues. I, I as long as whatever that is it Fogarty. What's the songs that I hate? I, I have <laughs> put me in coach. Put me in coach. If that's if that's played at an MLB game at any point, I will I'll leave the sport for good. But <laughs> I think that's why that's I like real. soccer. A soccer doesn't have anything on par with put me in coach. So that's that drew me to the sport. <laughs> All right, so let me let me throw another idea at you guys because because this is because Alan kind of brought this up a little bit earlier, uh, which is you know the idea of a sixty game season is everything is possible, uh, and and you mentioned the Phillies were in first place after sixty games a couple of years ago, and and uh, and other teams have had runs like that. Okay, so I have a theory, and I'd be curious what both of you think of this. I have a theory that if the season is only 60 games, that won't happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my, here's my theory. My theory is that the reason that people have such long, you know, sort of gap, weird, like small sample size things is because the season is so long. So 60 games out of 162 games, you know, it's, it's, you know, you know, less than half, right? It's, it's, it's two and a half times, uh, you know, more than two and a half times a 60 game season. And, and I think that, you know, your attention drifts, you get into, into bad habits, you get into bad slumps, you, you have injuries that you deal with. But I think that like, for the most part, if it was only a 60 game season, I think you, first of all, you, I think you, you treat it differently. You, you create, and, and this year is going to be weird and different because of because of covid but in general if the season was only 60 games long i still think the best teams would win i just think it would be um you know you would you would create a different kind of team you would probably have a different kind of uh pitching staff uh you would you would use people in a different way you would never rest anybody it's only a 60 game season so you don't have to rest anybody i don't know i so my theory is that if it if indeed we play a full 60 game season that at the end of the season, the best teams are still going to be on top. There will not be a weird, fluky team that will come about. But, Ellen, what do you think? I don't know. I think it's a really excellent point. 
but I have a, just a sort of a question about whether or not, you know, players who are, for example, normally like slow starters at the beginning of a season, are they intentionally slow starters because oh. they're trying to pace themselves? Like, no, I don't think so. So I feel like it would still be totally possible to see a player in a 60 game season get a slow start that ends up being like the most of that season. So that's, I sort of get it from a team perspective, but I actually feel like what a 162 game season rewards is a team with more depth. And so you wouldn't actually necessarily have to have that. And I think we would all agree that a team that has more depth is a better team. So in that sense, I could see a, a sort of a, a 60 game season having a, a team make it be a sprint and not a marathon and and having a, a a season that is as good as a as a team that is perhaps better constructed because they are lucky and you know all of their players are just kind of clicking at the same time. Well, I just think you would to me it would be you would build a different kind of team. Like a depth makes a lot of sense on a 162 game season. Depth is not as significant, mm. I don't think, for a 60 game season. I don't think you need a 13 man pitching staff. I don't think you need. Uh, you know, to, to create a team. I think you would create a different kind of team. It goes along with my theory that if baseball had a 16-game season like the NFL and they played every Sunday, uh, just like the NFL does, I think what you would see is baseball, of course, it wouldn't work for a lot of reasons, but you would see a very different type of game where you would have only one pitcher, you would have one ace and you'd have, you know, your dominant closer, but you wouldn't have second, third. Uh, and I mean, you might have a, a number two pitcher, but that would be it. You would, there'd be no reason to have a number four pitcher, or a number five pitcher because you, you're, you're going every Sunday. So every Sunday you would be throwing Max Scherzer out there, or Clayton Kershaw out there or, or, or whoever it is. Uh, you would have your best lineup out there every Sunday. Every game would matter immensely. So, so there would be, you know, you would play, you know, you would build different kinds of strategies just specifically for that game, the way that they do in the NFL. I just think that part of what we have come to understand about baseball is based on the fact that, that it is uh, the one game that plays this incredibly long season, but that if the season was shortened, uh, even to 60 games, I think the game itself would change. Brandon, am I, am I completely off here? No, game would change radically if it was if it was just one game a week for yeah. a season. My God, you'd, uh, elite starting pitchers would make five hundred million a season. I think it, <laughs> be, they would. They'd be quarterbacks. The same money there. Yeah, and yeah. On, they, no, they'd be. I think they'd be. Well, would they be they'd more be, important than quarterbacks? Just well, that's well, a really good question. They'd be as certainly as. I mean, it's hard to be imagine being more important than like a Patrick Mahomes, but that's what they would be. A Max Scherzer or a or, you know, whoever you want to choose, a Garrett Cole would be the Patrick Mahomes of baseball, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's like that's that's exactly what it would be, which yeah, be, I guess it'd be that's really interesting, you know. Yeah, I mean it would be there'd be a huge have and have not situation there. I mean, if you didn't have yes. have that guy, it would just be a, a fully rested Garrett Cole with an extra two days of rest every seven days coming at you <laughs> and just like, okay, I'm ready to go 180 bit, whatever. We, we we wouldn't have pitch counts anymore. Those would be gone. It would just be you throw it, yeah, until you no throw up, counts. and then right, keep keep pitching. <laughs> right. um, 
So, I mean, I, I don't know. One thing I'm worried with the 60-game season is that we'll end up liking it better. I don't know that we yeah. will, but I've, I've always thought less, not less baseball, but like a 120-game season would be perfect where you could have multiple off days a week, the same length season, but it's multiple off days where you have less guys taking days off that we notice. I've always thought, like, if you go to a baseball mm-hmm. game and, and if I showed up and I paid tickets and Cody Bellinger's not playing today because it's a scheduled off day, like, what, right? what is this? Like, he's healthy. He's not. Like, if I paid to go see the Patriots and Brady's not playing, you know, it'd be like, it's, this is weird. So I I wish there was more of that until so you had the better players playing more. Um, I But in a 60-game season, I, it's going to be so compact that won't be the case. But I just worry that we'll find, like, hey, that was the perfect amount of baseball for us to be ready for the postseason. Now we're excited. Um Instead of getting to that yeah. midsummer lull where you're like, oh my God, there's still more baseball. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, 60 games is too short. I think we all would agree that, but I don't know that baseball, like, like the NBA season is 81 games. Right. And, and or 82 games. And it feels incredibly long. It feels like, overly long and then of course the playoffs last like three months but but it, it the season feels long because it's like all right just let's just get to it let's just let's just we we know who the best teams are after 40 games you know who the best teams are and you're like all right just let's okay we know we know it's going to be the clippers and the and the and the rockets and the lakers and the and the whoever and and let's just play let's go and and but the season keeps going on and baseball obviously takes it to a whole different level and we've gotten used to and have grown to love sort of that that marathon feel, the having baseball every night of the summer, um, you know, it, it being a, a season of, of attrition in so many ways. Uh, depth is so important. We love that, but it doesn't be, have to be the only way baseball is played. And and I do wonder if we'll – now, this will be a 60-game season compacted so it's still they're still playing every day. So it's it'll still feel like um, like baseball to some degree. But I do wonder if you're right, Brandon. I do wonder if you look at it and you go, you know, yeah, I think baseball it's more special when there are fewer games. Uh, it's cool to get to see the best pitchers more often. It's cool to 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 get to see you know the the best players playing every night. Um, I do wonder if at the end of this we go, yeah, you know, I I'm, I could see a shorter season. What well, do you think, I'm Alan? a crazy person, so I want 162 games. I well, of I you so, do. yes, we I all- but I sort of feel like it is actually one of the things that I that I love about baseball is that I'm like there's a time when like everybody else stops paying attention and it's just me and baseball. <laughs> Sometimes how it feels. Um, however, that said, like. I I could accept a 120 game season played over the same time period with more off days for the players because I know it's really hard for them. Um, so yes, I would I would love for them to be able to get a little bit more rest. I know it's tough for them, and I'm not here to say like I need you to slog it out there every single day in August just for my yes, own entertainment. Yes, you no, are. no. Yes, you are. I don't, I don't think it are. has to be phrased as and I. Uh, as like, I know it's tough for the players because it, again, we all know, we all make a lot of money. It's all there. Like you'll, you'll do it. It doesn't matter what it is. It, I think it would just be better for the fans. And that's the better way that I have to put it where 
the, the nights where you three of your best relievers are down because they've thrown three games mm-hmm. in a row. Like that's right. So you go to that game and now Brandon McCarthy starting, you're already bored by that. And then someone no. else is in, a starter's <laughs> not in the lineup and three bullpen relievers are down. So like, like, all right, who, who's coming in now? Like what you've, you're already watching the guys that you're least excited to watch. And now those are the ones that have the influence on the game. Whereas you could just have less of those games where it's more like, no, the relievers are up because they had an off day yesterday and they had an off day Monday. So they're fresh. They're ready to go. You're going to see the best players playing more often. Um, And so, I mean, they'll just be random Tuesday nights where there aren't baseball games. And I, once you live with that, you'll just realize that the quality of baseball that you're watching on a nightly basis is, is a little bit higher. And that's what I would be going for. Well, and I look, think it's a great, a I'm great, uh, a great point, and I agree. But I also think that with um, with so many different teams playing, you could still have baseball every night, even if your team wasn't playing. And so, like crazy people like me sure. could still be like, "Oh, like the Phillies are not playing tonight. That's fine. I'll just watch another team." Of course. Yeah. Well, of course. But look, I mean, th- th- I don't know that we're the best people because I think, you know, we love baseball to a to an extreme. Uh, not Brandon, but the rest of us do. And and uh, no, so you have a, but you have a situation with baseball and it's not coming to a head now. And this is not a, a discussion point uh, necessarily right now with 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 the, you know, the season maybe coming up and so on and so on. But you know, I mean, baseball is facing some real issues. I mean, real long-term issues with the age of the fan, uh, with with you know the fact that that it has become so much less national than than it's than it's ever been. Uh, it's a much more local sport, and and look, it can it can go on and be hugely successful doing those things. I'm not in any way trying to play the baseball is dying game. I'm saying it is facing all sorts of challenges that. I, Maybe a sprint of a season, you know, or or some version of a sprint of a season where where you always are getting the best players. Because I think, you know, for me, Brandon, it goes even beyond that. I mean, it's not just, hey, you know, the the, the bullpen is is wrecked and 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 uh, three guys are injured and all that. That's all true. But it's also true that if I go see, you know, the Washington Nationals pitch. Uh, a play, um, you know, I might get to see Steven Strasburg and I might get to see Max Scherzer, but I also might get to see no offense to, you know, I might get to see Joe Ross or Eric Fetty start. And that's not as good. I mean, no offense to those guys, but that's not as exciting a fan experience. And, and I, I do think that with the NFL and with the NBA and what the NHL have that baseball doesn't have is, their stars are there every night. Their stars are are on display every night. Uh, you'll get to see them do stuff, and that is not true in baseball. And and of course, baseball gives you a lot more opportunities. But when you're a fan, you don't necessarily get to choose. Like, oh, I'm going to make sure you can. If you're if you're a paying attention fan, you might say, oh, hey, uh, Strasburg is pitching next Thursday. I love him. I'm going to go see him pitch. You can do that. But it's much more likely that you're at work and you're, you're, you know, somebody at work says, hey, I can't use these tickets tonight. Do you want to take your family? And you're like, yeah, I want to take my family. And then you go and it's like, well, this is, you know, it's it's not it's not as great to see no. Jeremy Hellickson. It's not as cool, you know. 
And again, I don't mean any insult to those guys, but but you know what I'm saying. You're you're right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's still yeah, an entertainment completely. industry. It's going to see a play, and oh, the headliner's not in the backup, like the understudy, I guess. Like, and it just and somebody else <laughs> raving. Like I went and saw it, and they were how great was so and so. You're like, oh, they weren't acting when I, <laughs> when I went. I'm like, no, I saw the Jeremy Hellickson of Hamilton, whatever that is. Like, and so like, it's just eventually there's enough there's enough people who are at that game who didn't get the atmosphere that there is when Clayton Kershaw starts or when Max Scherzer starts where like there's a whole buzz in the stadium. And especially when they're yeah. doing well, like it's a transformative experience where you'd be like, I get this. This makes sense. I have to see more of this. You just don't often get that on days where I or Helixson are starting. So it's just like, you, it's a different entertainment experience. And I think that the less of that, the better, I think, but I could be totally yeah. wrong. No, I, I think so too. And, and look, I get Ellen point too. Like I love, you know, when we're paying attention to baseball and other people aren't right. I mean, there's like this great, it's sort of like discovering a band, right. It's sort of like, you know, I, I, (laughs) I was, I was following REM before anybody. Right. I mean, it's like one of those things, but, but you know, I just think baseball has a lot of that stuff like beyond even, I don't want to certainly don't want to get into my usual uh, uh, intentional walk rant, but you know, if I, again, (laughs) if I go see a Phillies game and and there are two men on in a clutch situation and Bryce Harper comes to the plate and I watch them walk Bryce Harper. That stinks. All right. As a fan, that stinks. I yeah. want to see them try to get Bryce Harper out in that situation, just like I want to see how they're going to stop LeBron, just like I want to see how they're going to stop Tom Brady. That's like I want to see how they're going to figure out a way to 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 shut down uh you know, whoever, whoever your top goal scorer is in soccer or, or in, in hockey, I want to see that. I don't want to see teams take easy way outs because for me, I want everything about baseball to be built around the fan experience. And, and, and that's just one little mm-hmm. thing, but I go to a Phillies game. I don't see Aaron Nola. I see whoever their fifth starter is, whoever that's going to be this year. We, we uh, still don't know. We still don't know. Exactly. That's why I said that. So I, I I go and I see their fifth starter. I'm like, all right, well, this is fine. I'm a Phillies fan. It's great. And then somehow the Phillies are are down only a run in the eighth and and two men on and Bryce Harper comes to play it and I see them intentionally walk him and the Phillies lose by a run. And I go home and go, that just wasn't that great. You know? That just wasn't that as much fun as that could have been. And, and I think baseball needs to look hard at that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we we've, we've sort of come to a possibly perfect kind of like porridge, just right solution. Because to me, the, the like once per week would not, Right. Yeah, it's too, it's, it's too yeah. little. And I also wonder, it's true, you know, you were talking so much about the way in which uh, an ace pitcher would be completely dominant. But I also wonder what the ramifications would be for batters. Not only would they only be facing ace pitchers, but also how much, at least if not playing six days out of seven, but playing at least a few times a week would completely interrupt their timing. Sure. So yeah. I feel like it no, would it would enough. have many many ramifications for the sport, but yeah, I mean, I I could I could get behind 120 games for any number of reasons, yeah. as long as the length of the season was still the same. Yeah, well, you wanted to last over the summer. You wanted to, you know. But look, I mean, the NBA plays uh, and the NHL play 82 games over how many months? Right, November, December, January, February, March. You know, five six months. I mean, it's basically the same thing. So so I think you can. 
you can work it out. And then I'm all for uh, expanding the playoffs too. I mean, I'm at, at that point, the, my big beef with expanding the playoffs was that baseball was always, why have 162 games? If you're going to have 162 games, you know who the best teams are at that point. Uh, but if you reduce the season, expand the playoffs, do some of that kind of stuff. Look, I mean, I'm not saying that these are all the exact answers that baseball needs to do, but I just think baseball needs to look hard at a lot of stuff. And if we do have a 60-game season this year, if that really happens and they don't stop it in the middle or or never start it or whatever, you know, whatever might be coming up, um, I think there are lessons to be learned, and I think they should watch closely for for how people are responding to that, uh, what it means, how the players are reacting, are they fresher? Um, you know, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what happens. So I think that'll be interesting. All right. Well, we'll see. I hope you guys will come back if we actually have a season so we can actually see where we are at that point. But uh, in the meantime, uh, it's time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast whoa, it's one last whoa, meaningless thing. Ellen, do you have a meaningless thing for us today? I sure do. Um, and it is obliquely thanks to The Athletic. But l- unlike everything else on The Athletic, it is actually meaningless. <laughs> so I read a very fine article. I don't remember which one it was. And then the first comment that I saw said something along the lines of, this season will be a crapshoot. But, and this is key, it's spelled shoot, C-H-U-T-E. Ooh. I oh, am... That's- one hundred here to mock the person who wrote this because it brought me unmeasurable joy. Imagining that someone has always thought that phrase to mean not like a chancy game of dice with an unpredictable outcome, but rather like some kind of slide or trough for crap that you might have one in your building, like like a mail chute or like a laundry chute in which you would carefully deposit your crap, either literal or metaphorical, so that it would reach its desired destination. So if you are listening, athletic comic contributor, a genuine heartfelt thank you. It was probably the best laugh that I had all week. And also very quickly, unrelatedly, I also want to wish a happy birthday to Sam the Statman, who turns 11 this week, whom I do not know personally, but I know he listens to the podcast. Oh, that's nice. Sam, Sam Statman is, is, is terrific. And, uh, and, uh, uh, you actually, uh, reached out, I believe, and and Sam's was it was it Sam Statman's father who who said you were like way nicer than me? No, is, is that, no, he said I, he said, oh, maybe you're actually as nice as Joe funny. says that you are. No, no. <laughs> no, I think he was saying you were very way nicer than me, and he is absolutely no, correct. Not you possible. Are, you are such a you are such a nice person. Uh, Brandon, do you have a, a meaningless thing for us? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I put it out on, on Twitter yesterday. I asked, what's the wet part of chili? And I, it, it made me realize, like, because I don't cook and never have, and I don't understand how ingredients work or anything, what, 
that the amount of trust that I have in the food that's being prepared for me, because I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what a tortilla is made out of, and I don't know what the wet part of chili is. And that's almost with every food. So it's like, I hope this is good. I hope all of this is edible and it's supposed to be a thing that I'm eating, but I really don't know. <laughs> Did you receive okay. answers? Did the Twitterverse help you? Yeah, there was a lot of things, but again, I, I, I don't, I can't tell, I can't differentiate between a joke answer and a lot of people wrote beer <laughs> and I was like, boy, that seems like someone being sarcastic, but maybe that's also a thing where true. you have beer chili. I don't know. And so I could not, I wasn't smart enough to even differentiate between people answering earnestly and people just being assholes. So I, I, I back to square one. I could What's see, a, I could chili? see a beer being a component in some varieties of chili. I don't know that it's a component chili, in all some chili. chili. Has beer. Yeah, no, some chili, some chili yeah. has beer. No, that's uh, well, that was truly meaningless, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so my one last meaningless thing. So it was going to be something about the the social media uh, um, love affair with everything uh, being able to be cut, and it actually turns out to be a cake. Like if you, all these videos of of uh, of people cutting into like oranges and 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 baseballs and everything else and and it turning out to be cake and and now people mocking that uh, that whole thing and and everything is cake and all that but I'm not going to do that. What I am going to do is uh, so today today is Tuesday. Um, I wrote my for my sixty moments uh, sixty greatest moments in baseball history, which is. Uh, mercifully coming to an end. And I, I don't know why I keep starting these incredibly long and, and difficult series. Uh, but uh, today's moment uh, revolved around Lou Gehrig and, and Cal Ripken uh, and both of them in their long streaks. And I, I was writing the, the piece and I started writing about how, when I was a kid, like one of the most boring things in the world was when we would go to like whatever the awards ceremony at the school and the the principal would give out um, uh, the certificates for perfect attendance. So they would give out, you know, the <laughs> they would give out various certificates for for perfect attendance. And I was and I was trying to make that point about how Ripken and and Garrick, like this on the surface, this seems really boring, just like perfect attendance does. But I had this moment, and and I think this is something to do with with getting old. I had this moment where I asked myself. Did that really happen? Did did I really go to awards <laughs> ceremonies and have them give out uh them give out perfect attendance? Like that seems like it happened to me and I recall it happening, but I don't know. Then I started thinking maybe that didn't happen. Maybe like I'm thinking of this like I've heard about people talking about perfect attendance, but but maybe that's just like a thing that people say. And maybe my school really didn't do that. And I'm just imagining, I just went through this very weird like stretch to the point where I actually went on Twitter and asked people if, if, if they remembered uh, <laughs> going to school and, and having award ceremonies where they would come out and get perfect attendance certificates and almost 80% said they did. So then I felt, okay, well then it's good. I'm not going crazy. Like that really did happen. But I'm very troubled that even simple basic memories like that, um, I'm now questioning. I'm now I'm now at a point where I don't really know if anything happened the way that I thought it happened, and uh, and I'm very very concerned about what that will lead to in the future. I have so great. I've already told you my, my story that I looked up. Oh, sorry. I'll... 
Oh, no, no. I mean, that was the main thing. Like, as with an actually, like, medically bad memory, I that is my life. <laughs> yes. I'm like, did that really happen? Was that me? Did I just <laughs> imagine really that? Well, you, yeah. Brandon, you didn't tell me. Whatever the story is, I don't I, believe you told me. Years ago when I was a, when I was a kid, um, we lived in Colorado Springs, and there was, a, there was a AAA team there. And so we'd go up to their game. One night, uh, they had a first baseman <clears> – <throat> playing from that I really liked. This is after Todd Helton left. And I wanted to get his autograph. And he tells me before the game, he's like, I can sign for you after. So this whole night is just one of those disaster weather nights where there's like six rain delays. It's pouring half the game. <laughs> the game ends at some ungodly hour. And the only people left in the stadium, this is not a joke, are me and my family. <laughs> and in Colorado Springs, to leave the dugout and to go into the clubhouse, you have to go up the stairs through the stands to get in there. So sure enough, we're waiting at the railing at the stairs. Um, we wait for him to come by. He comes by and I'm there for my autograph. And he's like, not now and walks by. And so oh. me and me and my family never forgot <sighs> it. And I've had this story for years that when I get to AAA, he's playing for the Richmond Braves at that point, And he has an at-bat against me and his first at-bat against me. I just, I just beamed him in the back. Like I just never <laughs> forgot it. And so I had told this, I told this story for years, it was 100% true in my mind. I knew that it happened. I could picture the whole thing. I still can. And I wanted, I went back on baseball reference through the game logs. I wanted to find out, okay, what day was this? And I looked, it never, ever, ever happened. He was, <laughs> he was on the team at one point that I played against, but it's, it just absolutely never happened. You <gasps> never plunked him. Nope. You, and I, and I told, I told the story 150, 200 times and it was, <laughs> I just Brian Williams myself. It was completely re real in my head, and you're like, "Oh, our brains are our brains are garbage. They're gonna this is gonna get me in a lot of trouble." Our brains, yeah. our brains are garbage. That is, I mean, there are lots of things like that where I'm just like, oh, "I remember this exactly way." And I tend to feel like, 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 like Ellen is always saying that she has a terrible memory, which is not true. It is, uh, but she always is. No, it's not. But she's always saying that she has a terrible memory for for things. Uh, I actually feel like I've got a great memory. Your things. memory like, is I'm, your memory is shockingly good, and it's it's it, annoyingly it, good because you remember details that nobody else remembers, and they're that's there. right. No, that's right. Where people will like say to me, like I'll say, like, oh, remember when you told me this? And they're like, I how could you like? I don't remember that at all. Like people, like I have a very very good memory for details, and I think terrible memory for names and faces and stuff, but a great memory for details and stories people told me and 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 so on and so on and so on um but i feel it going i feel it going away <laughs> and but my confidence in my memory is not going away although <laughs> apparently although apparently it is because i literally the a very basic thing of being in in school when they gave out the perfect attendance awards uh even that i was and i won a couple of those perfect attendance awards and i still was questioning my memory about it so <laughs> there you go it's it, guys don't get old you're both so young and and in the middle of of a wonderful <sighs> youth of, of life don't get old like me ellen i'm it, with i'm with you where our, i don't know if your brain just feels like an etch a sketch like it's there one day and then you shake it and you're like oh it's gone that wasn't yeah, there anymore. No, yeah, it's totally gone. People are constantly telling me about like things that I did that I'm like, I have no memory of that whatsoever. But I, it's, it's very boring, but I, I took an allergy medication for like over 30 years of my life um, that has been linked to very severe memory loss. So I actually had a doctor be like, oh yeah, that's why you can't remember things. Wow. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, I, I didn't realize this. Medically validated that I have a, yeah, yeah. I didn't, 
I didn't realize it was medical. I always, I always think you have a, a, a very good memory. My short-term maybe... memory is okay. It's my long-term memory that's just, yeah. Not, All right. So basically what you open need to net. do is you, you need to start tattooing like orders to yourself, on yourself, sort of like memento. Yes. Just like, start, like, like be sure feed dog, you know, just <laughs> put that on your, on your arm or something. So, um, well, guys, uh, thank you. This, by the way, uh, according to our uh, super delightful producer, Marissa, uh, she says this is the 200th episode of the podcast. Uh, she says she has counted it several times. So so this is supposed to supposedly an anniversary. I don't believe her. Uh, I believe I've done uh, with Mike. Mike and I have done more than 10,000 of these. So I, I don't believe it's actually 200. Um, but but she swears it to be true. So thank you for celebrating the 200th podcast with me. And uh, uh, Brandon, thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. I'll enjoy it. Alan, thank you. Thanks, Joe.